I'm Jack Sedlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2020 Precision Farming Dealer Podcast Series. In today's program, we get some perspective on how one dealership is adapting to the professional chaos caused by the global pandemic while still delivering innovative precision solutions to customers. If you're tuning in for the first time, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. And a reminder that by subscribing, you'll be able to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released. Well, as the egg industry adjusts to the new reality in the midst of the coronavirus impact, dealerships are looking to creatively and safely maintain service and support for farm customers. Arizona-based Stoats Equipment, a 25-store John Deere dealership with additional locations in California, Colorado, Idaho, Nevada, New Mexico, Utah, and Wyoming, is one of many operations that have modified store policies to adhere to social distancing recommendations. Changes implemented by Stoats Equipment in response to COVID-19 include travel restrictions, employees being asked if they're not feeling well to work from home if possible, and limited exposure to customers, requiring scheduled appointments with customers and permission to come onto the farm. In today's Precision Farming Dealer podcast, we share excerpts from my conversation with Lane Richens, Precision Ag Manager, who discussed how he and his team are communicating internally with each other and with customers while also delivering innovative solutions. For me, I haven't really been home a lot lately. We've got a, you know, it's planting season, so mm-hmm. trying to get everything going there that way and all that good stuff. So, absolutely, absolutely. So, how are things looking for you guys right now down there? Across the board, we're actually doing pretty good. Our revenues for Precision Ag stuff is it's up. I don't know, probably twenty five percent. So, we've had really good months the last two months, and things are looking good for next month. As far as the stores go, same thing. I mean, we're still having good numbers. We haven't seen like anything fall off for all this craziness, but mm-hmm. you know, just having to deal with it and you know, see what's going on. Sure. Have, have you guys gotten any uh, feedback from customers? Have you guys kind of changed anything you're doing to this point as far as uh, service visits or, or just preparing guys out there in the field? I mean, mostly it's just us trying to make sure that we're doing the right thing paying more attention to more remote support type stuff and not spending time in the cab with somebody. And, you know, the visits that we make to the farm are usually short and sweet and at a distance and, you know, trying to keep that from getting out of control. Okay. Just kind of being conscious of everything around you and, and customers needs too. you know, they're, they're scared just like everybody else is. Have you guys done anything from a, a dealership-wide communication with customers, putting anything out to them, or, or whether it's virtual or, you know, directly? Yeah, so um, we've sent out several different emails to all of our customers. Then there's posted signs everywhere. You know, all of our stores have changed everything in the store. So that they've moved the parts counter. So the parts guys sit behind the counter, but they've moved the, the table 10 feet out basically and they put a table out 10 feet and put kind of tape up everywhere to try to help customers understand stay where you're at and keep a safe distance and I mean kind of made it like you see at all the rest of the stores you know you got marks on the floor here's your six foot mark waiting in line and all that good stuff so (laughs) right right 
but I think, and it, as far as the customers go, you know, they, they also understand it. So like, you don't, you know, you used to jump in the cab or go ride in a customer's trap truck and go drive around the farm. Now you're riding in separate trucks and sure. Sure. Have you guys seen anything from a supplier standpoint? I mean, probably not so much with deer, but you know, any of the, the short line or precision companies you guys deal with, you know, any communication with them on snags or challenges they're facing as far as, uh, you know, supply, demand, anything like that? Uh, we're seeing some tough times like from Ag Express and, and some of those other short line people like getting parts. I would say right now, mostly we're having trouble with Ag Express just because they're having, I think they're loaded with a lot of work out of the Midwest. And I think they're short on trying to get parts and stuff from China and wherever. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. But as far as, as far as that, the rest of it, I mean, we haven't had a lot of problems. Everything else seems to be okay. Is, it, is that something you guys are, are anticipating? I mean, I know hearing from a couple other dealers, you know, they've talked about, you know, they've actually seen, you know, a bit of an increase in, in traffic, you know, from customers kind of shared some concerns about just equipment availability, you know, and whether or not that's something that was a legitimate concern or, you know, something that maybe is just more hypothetical, but, you know, from, from what a few dealers have shared, it sounds like customers are a little, you know, more willing to maybe get what they need now, you know, rather than potentially wait for something that, you know, may or may not be available. I would say, we haven't really seen like a spike for those particular reasons, mm-hmm. um, especially down here in Arizona. I mean, cotton's at 50 cents. It's pretty rough. So <laughs> nobody wants to buy anything. Um, you know, Idaho and everywhere else, it's, it's kind of been, I don't think anybody's been buying based off of fear of not being able to get stuff. Gotcha. What, what are you hearing from, from anybody else in the industry, man? You know, obviously you guys have a, cover a pretty broad area, you know, any differences in, in what you're seeing store wide or, or in different States, you know, as far as Stokes goes? No, I would say, like I said, it's similar. I think across the board, we don't have a lot of guys that are, that are buying just cause they're afraid that they're not going to be able to get it. Um, but I mean, they've kind of already been planning that out in advance, you know, they've already mm-hmm. expected that you, you order a tractor. It's not going to be here for six months anyways. So, sure, sure, gotcha. I, I think it probably differs, you know, regionally from what what different dealers are probably experiencing right now, um, you know, and kind of what they're anticipating. I mean, you guys still still open for business uh, at all your locations, you know, haven't haven't really changed how you guys are, you know, allowing customers to come in or anything like that. Like I said, they kind of roped off, and I don't know at every store because we're we don't travel right now, so I haven't been to any other store for couple weeks but um in Cass Grand in particular that like I said they kind of roped off the parts counter so that customers can't get within you know eight to ten feet of the parts counter um and we also have signs up that if they don't if they don't feel comfortable coming in the store just call and we'll bring the stuff out to you so curbside delivery type stuff yeah in the field it's just the same you know that we still got to plant cotton we still got to plant the corn still got to plant all the crops so everything's staying busy that way. We haven't really seen too much change per se. You mentioned, you know, business has been, been pretty strong here, you know, at least through the, the first, first quarter of this year, anything you've seen uh, an increase in, maybe not directly related to, you know, to the, 
the scenario we're, we're working through now, but, you know, as far as just an interest standpoint in, in precision, you know, anything that climbing up, I guess, on, on customers' wish lists? Well, so, I mean, we've had a lot of stuff going on across the board in, in Idaho. There's been a lot of fertilizer system sales, implement steering. Arizona, we've got a lot of stuff around sprayers, you know, the, the usual stuff. I would say that there's some of the things that have changed is just trying to get, you know, what we found on, on the equipment efficiencies and, you know, bringing that kind of stuff to light and monitoring that information. I mean, one example is Donnie England. We did some analysis on his equipment and his sprayer was idling like 70% of the time. So we're going to, we're basically building a quick draw system so that they can fill it from surefire. And, and that's a, I mean, it's a $40,000 rig, but, it's going to save him and make that so that that sprayer can last an extra two years basically without having to keep, because he always keeps it under warranty. Mm -hmm. So right now he's rolling it every two years because he's out of hours, but that 70% of that time is, is just sitting there filling up. So, you know, if we can cut that in half, that would extend the life of that machine at least one, maybe two years. And that's easily $40,000 in that amount of time. So I would say it's things like that or customers are really kind of thinking about that and trying to, you know, figure out where they can save pennies, pinch pennies. Cause you know, cotton is at 50 cents and everything's down. I mean, corn's not going to be pretty with oil where it's at. And I mean, everything's going to be ugly across the country. Right. So uh, the, uh, the original reason for, for the call, I wanted to connect with you was, you know, just learning a little bit more about what you guys are doing, you know, with kind of this, this real time harvest data and, and kind of the, what you guys have developed along those lines. Um, it sounded like, you know, this is something that we kind of caught wind of uh, way back at the, the summit in January, but certainly we're, we're just getting into planting here in a lot of areas and, and, you know, harvest is a little ways out, but maybe, you know, share a little bit about what you guys had developed on that front. So really what it was is, is, is it's so my guys in American Falls are the ones that really kind of pioneered it and kind of figured it out and kind of pushed it. But we're working to try to scale that a bit um, and make it easier. But really it was about proactively monitoring what's going on using all the tools that are available in John Deere. You know, like using JD Link to monitor all of the combine settings, using JD Link to monitor speeds, and then taking that information and basically packaging it up and putting it in an email and sending it to the customer. The customer has all access to all that information, but it's a fire hose, right? And mm-hmm. what happens when the farmer gets out of bed in the morning, he gets slapped upside the face with something that he didn't plan on doing, right? It always happens. So sending them that email at nine, 10 o'clock in the morning saying, Hey, this is how yesterday went. This is your, here's your most efficient machine. And this is what his settings were on a combine. So let's go adjust that the other machines so that they're running the same settings as this combine is. And so they spent a lot of time with customers, just keeping that information in front of them. And from that, you know, you, we started one of the customers started at about nine acres per hour. And by the time at the end of the season, by monitoring their machines and kind of pushing their guys and kind of showing that information to the operators, they got up to around 13 hours per machine. 13 acres per hour. So that was a big improvement over the course of one harvest season. So now going into next year, you've already got those benchmarks of here's what you did last year. And then taking that information and, and then sharing that with other operators saying, okay, 
Now we have all these combines and we have access to all these 780 combines. Well, the best of the best is doing this speed and this, these settings. So let's look at your settings. Let's look at your speeds. Here's the top three machines in Stoats equipment. And here's where your machines are versus those top three machines. So then they can kind of compare themselves and they, a lot of times, you know, they don't know that they're not performing as well as their peers per se. And that's where I think sharing that information with our customers is what really made a big difference. Gotcha. So is this something that you guys are offering then as, as a service? Is this part of, yes. okay. So how are you guys kind of rolling in or structuring that with, with kind of, uh, you know, uh, what it varies by customer. If that's the only thing we're doing is like combine reporting or, and we're doing the same thing with, you know, planting, spray and any of that stuff we we can send out those reports and benchmark customers against each other to try to help them understand where they where they're at are they operating their machine efficiently because a lot of times they don't even know mm -hmm. right they think everything's fine but when you see somebody else doing better then you know that there's room for your to, to improve your operation mm -hmm. um and so like the customer that's just doing like benchmarking you know, there's a, there's a fee for that. You know, we usually charge per machine basically. So if you have four combines, you're going to pay, I don't know. I think it's about a thousand bucks a machine. So okay. what, what kind of, uh, I guess uptake have you guys had in that program so far? Um, so the first year up in American Falls, he had probably four or five customers that were in the benchmark. And I would say, um, he's going to have this at least the same and he's added some more, some more of the planting reports. So they're monitoring that. So we've had pretty good uptake and a lot of guys are actually interested in it because it's never really been talked to them about this kind of stuff before, you know, one, because we didn't really have the tools, but deer has the machine analyzer now that as a dealership, we have access to all the machines information so we can kind of help and we can view it all in one place. So it wasn't easily accessible. So what we're doing this year is we've actually, with our LEAF team, we've kind of developed a, an API with Deer. So we're pulling all that information into different tables and then using Tableau to, to create those reports and basically automate some of those reports. Um, so it'll be easier for us to get that information. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I mean, it, is that something you're anticipating is going to expand then to other locations or is this kind of a slower rollout as far as, uh, you no, know, it's, it's, it's expanded to other locations okay. It started in American falls, um, around combines. And I mean, all of our locations are doing mm -hmm. somewhat, uh, you know, kind of starting to get customers on that. You know, I did, I did cotton pickers this last fall in Arizona. So we were doing daily reports for cotton pickers. Um, and then obviously the customers that we have, already on a data package you know where we're doing all their data management that's all that's included you know it's just added to it but the customers that aren't it's been a, a good opportunity for us to hey let me start doing some combine metrics or some planting metrics and then oh hey now you see this data let's start getting a clean data let's start editing and and making sure that we got setup files and, and it's just kind of helped bring awareness to some of the values that are out there in collecting data and in the precision ag space so it's obviously just brought more awareness. Perfect. No, it sounds like a sounds like a good program uh, that you guys are probably going to be able to build on here. I mean, pretty comprehensive. I mean, there's like you said. I mean, nowadays, you know, you need kind of that real value attached with 
any of these services. So, um, you know, it sounds like that's something, again, you know, certainly there's interest in among your customers and there's an opportunity to show them, you know, kind of real value. You had a couple of good examples there, things that you've already showed, you know, customers. So yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. So that's been the main focus is just trying to, trying to keep, and, and the reporting piece of it's just really been beneficial to the customers because like I said, you know, they have access to all this information, but you know, they get out of bed in the morning and they have great plans for the day to try to do all that. And then it just changes. Mm -hmm. Something happened, this, and I got an operator doing this or, you know, whatever, but having that information sent out to them every day, here's what's happened on your farm yesterday. Just quick and easy for them to read through, not having to find the data themselves just makes a big difference. Well, thank you, Lane, for sharing your perspective and look for more coverage on how other dealerships are navigating the coronavirus pandemic at farmequipment.com with recaps from different operations. You can also keep up on the latest precision farming news impacting your dealership by registering online for our free e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at PFD Editors and on our Precision Farming Dealer Facebook page. Well, I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2020 series for Lane Richens, Stoats Equipment, and our entire staff here with Precision Farming Dealer. I'm Jack Zemlicka. Thanks for listening.